Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. And you said that in your voice memo, you're like, I just want to get to the place that I love myself. And I think for all of us, that's one of the most important decisions we'll ever make as adults is like, God, I'm so sick of hating myself all the time. I'm so sick of these feelings, these thoughts like, ugh. Because when you make that decision, you actually separate yourself from the thought. You start to see it as something other. You start to see it as, you know what, that's not who we are anymore. I heard someone say once that the first instinctual thought that you have about a situation is what you've been trained to think. The second thought you have about it is who you actually are. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rachel, and welcome to another episode of Ask Rach. Ask Rach is a weekly segment here on the podcast where people call in and leave me voicemails. They call in from all over the world and they ask me anything. In fact, if you scroll back over the past months and months and months of this segment, you'll find questions about falling in love, dating for the first time, going through a divorce, going through a breakup, building a business, building a career, like you name it, I've gotten the question about it at this point. And if you have a question for me, I would love it if you call in. The number is 737-400-4626. You can call in and leave an anonymous voicemail. You don't have to leave your name. You can do whatever makes you most comfortable. But if you got a question, chances are someone else out there in the world is dealing with it too. And maybe they need to hear the conversation that we're going to have. The second thing that I'll tell you is maybe you don't have a question for me, but you've got an area of your life where you're struggling. There's something you're going through that feels really hard or there's tension and it's not resolving itself. You don't really know what else to do. Try me. Maybe I got some ideas. So let's head over to my special podcast hotline sheet that producer Jack makes for me and see what questions are coming at us this week. Hi, Rachel. I am calling because I feel like I'm at somewhat of an impasse for the situation that I'm in. So I have a stepmother who is close to my own age and she's been in my life for a really long time. I really struggle with 
being able to figure out a way to move forward. So her and my father have kids together and I have been allowing her to treat me in whatever way that she sees fit because I am fearful of losing access to my siblings. It's really difficult for me because I know that or I feel like if I say something to her about boundaries or how I'm feeling, that it will possibly impact my own access to my father and my siblings. So I'm just looking for any advice that you have. I've listened to many of your podcasts about boundaries with family members that are toxic. And it's just very difficult for me because every day I think about it and it's like, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk of potentially losing contact with other family members. But on the flip side, there's a lot of, you know, mean comments that I have to kind of take as hits pretty often, just about every time that I see her. So just looking for any advice that you have on that. Thank you. Okay. So a few things I want to start with here. Number one, I want to acknowledge that she's being super vulnerable and leaving a question without feeling comfortable enough to use her name. And I love her for leading out in this way because chances are maybe you've got a question that you want to ask and you're scared of anyone knowing it's you. I've had people call in before and say, please don't even use my voice. So just know whatever it is you're wondering about, you're welcome to bring it here into this community and get some ideas. The second thing I do want to say is that I noticed the therapy. I noticed that you've read your books. I noticed that you've done your work. And the reason that I know that you've done your work is that I caught you a couple of times in that correcting yourself. So for instance, you started to say, I know, and then you caught yourself and you were like, I feel that da 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 which is a really important thing that we learn in therapy is to not speak with absolute knowledge or not speak on someone else's behalf, but to bring it back to us and the way we are feeling in this situation. So shout out to you, my friend, and shout out to anyone who is currently doing therapy because you're trying to learn how to deal with the people in your life who won't go to therapy. Shout out. I see you. I am you. I get it. That being said, you bringing it back to this I feel concept is a really good place for us to start because it doesn't actually even matter what is happening. It doesn't matter if your step monster thinks that, you know, oh, it's not that big a deal if I say this or that shouldn't hurt your feelings or you should get a tougher skin. It doesn't matter if she doesn't think it's a big deal. It matters that it's affecting you. That's what boundaries are. They are emotional lines in the sand that we put in place and say, this is the kind of way that you need to act if you want to interact with me. But it sounds like your instinct is that if you were to say those things, that they would then be used against you. And I know the woman that you are talking about. I obviously don't know your stepmom, but I know the exact kind of petty rude, like use your own words against you. I know that person. In fact, probably all of us listening to this, having this conversation, we all probably know one person in our life where we're like, yeah, if I said something, they would blow it out of proportion or they would use it against me or they would use it to talk about me behind my back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's this hard impasse because as your friend, I want you to throw up middle fingers and tell her to go screw herself and that you're not going to deal with her ever again until she's treats you appropriately, right? That's what I want to tell you as your friend. But that's a black and white answer and life exists in the gray area. And in the gray area are your siblings. And in the gray area, unfortunately, is your father. 
unfortunately, daddy should be in the black or white area. He should be like, you're going to treat all of my children in this way, or you don't get to have a relationship with any of my children. But again, not all of our family does therapy the way that they need to. So what I would tell you about that gray area, were it me, I would do everything in my power to never interact with my stepmother again unless we were in front of other people. Now, I don't even mean the kids because maybe the kids are little and it doesn't really count. I mean that you do your level best to not interact with her unless there are other adults in the room with you guys. So you limit it to holidays, birthday parties, family gatherings, and you don't even let yourself be alone in a room with her that you're only interacting with her in front of other people because at the very least, it allows you to establish that other people are watching this go down or what's more likely is she changes her tone in the things that she says if there are other adults there to see, right? Because narcissists, hypothetically, I'm guessing that maybe she might fall into some of these tendencies, narcissists want people to believe that they're great and awesome and perfect and all of the things. And so narcissist behavior tends to diminish if there are other people around to witness the way that she's treating you. So if at all possible, don't interact with her without a witness. That's just so if it ever gets to the place where you're like, I can't do this anymore. This person is toxic, that it's not just your word against hers. That's how a step parent, or that's how someone uses their relationship with a partner to drive a wedge between that partner and whoever they're trying to separate them from, right? So you go to your husband and you're like, you know, so-and-so has been treating me badly. She's saying all these things about me behind my back. She projects all of this stuff onto you. And your dad's like, oh, how dare you? I can't believe you're being disrespectful to my wife, blah, blah, blah. Because who are you going to believe? You're going to believe your partner, unfortunately. Those kind of things are allowed to happen if the only negative interaction you guys have had is between the two of you. But if it's happening in front of other adults, if they're watching her say hateful things or nasty things, then suddenly there are other people around going like, what's up with her? Or what is this all about? It's a really sucky option, but it is the option I would choose if the alternative was I didn't get to see my siblings. And I do think that you've got to do some soul searching about protecting your peace. That's a term that I originally heard from my friend Trent, where he talked about building your life in such a way that you could flourish, that you could grow, that you could be your best. And what I need you to hear me say is that energetically, there is no way that we can allow one person in our life to treat us like crap and have it not affect us in other areas of our lives, period. And for whatever reason, the bullies in our life who are allowed to be bullies end up energetically permeating in other areas. I guarantee there's another area of your life where you feel like you are not empowered, where you feel like you can't move in the way that you want to or make decisions in the way that you want to. It manifests in other arenas. The way I describe it a lot is, have you ever heard someone talk about you have an energetic block? They'll say, you've got an energetic block. And when I used to hear this, I used to think that they meant, oh, you, you've got like this energy that's bumping into your stepmom and it's blocked. It can't like move through. But what I actually think an energetic block is now is imagine that there's like a pipe system, like Mario Brothers, right? And all your energy is flowing through these pipes. When you've got one area of your life that there's issue there, there's tension there, there's a person you don't like, there's something that you think about. Because you said, I think about this every day. It sounds to me like you're probably doing some circular thinking. You're coming back to it over and over and over again, meaning the energy's 
hitting that block over and over and over again. For any of y'all that have something like this in your life, I don't want you to think of it as a block in the pipe. I want you to think of it as a hole in the pipe. So all of your energy is getting sucked out through that hole. It just so happens that your hole is your stepmom. It's the thing that you think about all the time. It's the thing that you worry about. You've got the anxiety. What's going to happen when I interact with her now? What will happen if I say something to my dad? What da, 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 da. You've got all these things that you keep coming back to. The energy is flowing out of that hole, which means that you don't have the energy for the things you actually do want to put time and intention into. You really do, I think, have to do some soul searching about what this looks like. Like, how old are the kids? Is this something you're going to have to do, like your sister's six and you're going to have to do this for the next 12 years? That feels pretty intense to me. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas? The food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Now, that's from your friend, Rach, who has definitely different opinions about interacting with family members if they're jerks. And if you listen to my episodes about boundaries, you know this about me. With the exception of my children, I will cut off anyone in my life who's toxic and repeatedly treating me badly, treating the family. Like I just, it's not worth it. I don't care who they are. I don't care how we're related. 
it's not the kind of life that I want to build. And it may be hard to limit the interactions that you have and to see your siblings less. But if seeing your siblings less, I'm not saying don't see them at all, but like limiting those interactions with her, if that allows you to have a more peaceful life, if that allows you to stop obsessing about this so much so you could put some energy into things in your life you do want to flourish and grow, that's the route you got to take. Because what's happening right now is that you are focusing on this so much that you are giving energy to exactly what you do not want to happen. I guarantee that you're showing up into those interactions. Let's say it's like the holidays. You're showing up at their house already anticipating that she's going to be a jerk. And so your aura, your energy, your attitude is already in defense of what is about to happen to you. So it's like this continual cycle of manifesting the thing that you do not want. Now, this is not your fault. Ideally, adults should be adults and they should have handled this better from the get-go. But it sounds like it's a long time coming for you to get to a place where you're like, this is not okay. And yeah, maybe you miss out on some interactions with your siblings that you wish you could be a part of. But if the good part about that is that you have less time with them, but more healthy, life-giving time for you, and that you're spending more time with people who lift you up and fill up your cup instead of sucking it out of you, that's the better option. I also think life is long. This is a long life that we have here. And maybe you have to step back for a season. You don't start a fight. You don't start an argument. You don't even say anything to her because it sounds like she's not going to be able to receive it anyway. Maybe you step back and time goes by and your dad's like, hey, what's going on? We haven't seen you around here as much. And that's a perfect opportunity because he came to you for you to say, yeah, you know, Everyone gets to do whatever they want, show up however they want. But, you know, she said this, this, and this, and Aunt Linda was there, and Cousin Sarah was there, and they saw it too, so it's not just me. And it hurt my feelings, and so I'm just, I'm pulling myself back. And I still love you guys, and I'm happy to be here today, but I'm just not going to be interacting with her as much because I need to keep my distance so I can keep my peace. There is a trend going around the internet right now that I keep seeing over and over, and it feels like the perfect thing that maybe you need to hear right now. If she wants to be an asshole, let her. If she wants to be rude and be the thing that drives a wedge in between members of her family, let her. I think that we get really caught up in the idea that we can fix people or make it better. And sometimes with a personality this strong, you have to just let it be. You have to just let it be. Someone is sitting around, you're like, oh, my, you know, my ex is dating my friend from work. Let him. Oh, my friends went out and they didn't invite me like they're hanging out without me. Okay, let them. Obsessing over why people are doing what they're doing or hoping that they'll do it in a different way or being butthurt or getting our feelings hurt or in your case, really allowing those things to affect you a lot. We do it because we think that our anxiety about the situation can somehow solve it. And it just can't. It absolutely cannot. The older I get, the more I understand the power in it is what it is. I did not get this when I was younger. And I used to get so pissed off when I'd hear people say it, just let it be. Like, it is what it is. Like, let them be who they are. And I'd be like, no, I can fix this. I can change this. I can make them better. I can make this better. If I do this, this, and this, then I could. Well, you know what the truth is, y'all? Every time that you're out there trying to fix somebody else or trying to fix a relationship with somebody else or trying to 
unpack why it happened the way it happened or why these friends, you know, they only want to hang out if you're the one who organizes everything and pays for everything. Like why those things, you, you lay out all this stuff in your life and you obsess over it thinking that that's going to fix it. It's not going to fix it. What it does is actually make life worse for you. There is a profound freaking beauty in just being like, okay, yeah, she's an a-hole, right? Because that's the other option. You go interact with her and it's literally like, I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever I say bounces off of me and sticks to you. She says some snarky comment and you just, like pretend she's speaking another language. Pretend she just said like, you're a purple unicorn dancing on a pepperoni pizza. Like pretend she's saying things that are so crazy and outlandish that you're like, wow, what drugs is she on? This is wild. Because that's some powerful stuff. She wouldn't say these things to you if she didn't know that it bugged you. So if you can get to the place where you're like zen about it and just like, huh, what a crazy thing to say. All right, cool. That's like some real, that's some real powerful stuff. But those are a few options for you. Maybe one of them will give you a good idea. But whatever you decide to do, please just remember, you get one shot at this life. And it is too freaking short for you to go through it being bullied by your stepmom. Period. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay. Let's see what the next question is. Hi, Rachel. This is weird. I'm like, I'm like talking to you right now. This is crazy because I love you so much. My question is about self-worth. And yeah, I just before I just start rambling, I'm definitely someone, like I'm sure a lot of your audience is, someone who really struggles with anxiety. I have a lot of abandonment issues from my childhood that I'm like just now starting to work on in therapy. I'm in my early 30s now. So I've become very self-aware of these things that I am very triggered by. And especially now that I am in love, which is very exciting, but um, also nothing will force you to work on your stuff 
in uh, their trauma, like being in love, <laughs> something that I'm that I'm learning. But I am just constantly fighting against this narrative in my head of like just not being enough. And I know that probably sounds cliche because that's like part of being human. Like everybody struggles with their value, but it's like kind of a, a, a crippling thing in a like. I have a lot of social anxiety. And then, of course, in my relationships of just feeling like I'm just not going to be enough for this person to stick around. Like, eventually, they're going to find something else better or whatever. It's still in the blank. Kind of at a place where it's like there's things about myself that I'm trying to improve. Like, I'm trying to address the childhood stuff. You know, there's things about me that I want to work on. Like, I feel like part of what gives me a lot of social anxiety is I am always fearful that I'm not smart enough. Like, I'm not going to be able to contribute enough to the conversation. And so I tend to get really quiet and shy whenever I go out because I'm just, like, scared to say the wrong thing. Again, a lot of issues with being a lot of infidelity in my childhood growing up. So like anytime I'm out with my boyfriend and there's like another hot girl around, I like get this like rush of panic. Like, oh my God, like he's gonna, he's looking at her. He's going to want her more than me. And it's just like, oh, like all the stuff that I need to work on. And I want to be able to show up just like, like a little bit more confidence in these areas of my life. But I also, you know, when someone tells you, like, don't think about a blue elephant, all you can do is think about a blue elephant. It's like, because I know I've got to work on these things, I've got to do this so I can, like, be in a healthy relationship, so I can go, like, have friends and, like, enjoy life. It's like, I'm constantly thinking about it. And I'm kind of also at a place where I just want to, like, love myself how I am. Like, not to say that I don't want to keep growing and improving and addressing all these things, but I also am just like kind of tired of just feeling like I have a mountain of things to kind of feels like change about myself. Like there's so, there's like all these issues that I have to change about myself in order to be able to do the things that I want to do. I don't know if any of that made sense. I feel like I'm rambling here, but if you have any words of wisdom, which obviously you do because you're you and um, you help a lot of people. I would just really love to hear your thoughts on all of that. Anyway, I love you so much. Thank you. Okay. First of all, I loved the rambling voice memo because it felt like, if you guys, do you have any friends who send you voice memos? And sometimes they send you like a really long one and you just like proceed to do other things. You're like cleaning the house or <laughs> driving to pick up your kids and you're listening to your friend's voice memo like you listen to a podcast. I really dig that. So I have a bunch of ideas here. And where I would love to start with, as per usual, is to say this is my perspective because there are so many incredible books, therapists, podcasts dedicated to anxiety and all the ways that you can deal with it, but you're here with me. And so here's what I'm going to say to you, but more specifically to the voice in the back of your head. Knock it off. Seriously. Knock it off. Now, I'm sure that thousands of people all over the place just listen to this and were like, how dare you? She just told you that she has anxiety and you have. Yeah, because I am someone who has managed my anxiety for the bulk of my adult life. And what I have had to learn at some point is that you need to, from a voice of authority and with authority, sometimes you need to tell the voice to just shut the heck up, lock it down. I have a beautiful butterfly of a friend who, God bless him, has done so much work, so much therapy, 
every type of plant medicine he can get his hands on. Like he's trying so hard to learn how to deal with his anxiety. And it can be incredibly debilitating at times. And his circle of friends is predominantly like other people in his age group who are people in their 20s who are like same boat. They've got really bad anxiety. They're trying all the things, the meditation, the ayahuasca, the mushrooms. They're going to go out to Burning Man. They're doing all these things to try and get to like a higher plane to deal with the anxiety. And then he'll come hang out with me and we'll have a beer. And I'm like, man, sometimes you need to tell the voice to shut the fuck up. That's sometimes it's what you have to do. And the reason that is my instinct with you is because something I've learned about anxiety or my anxiety in particular over the last couple of years that is like, a this blew my mind, was I was reading some book that was talking about obsessive thinking, like circular thinking, where you just keep coming back to the same thought over and over and over again. And I was reading about it and I was like, holy crap, that's what I do. In fact, the bulk of my anxiety is that. It's obsessive thoughts. It's the same obsessive thoughts over and over and over. And then I took another step back and I was like, wait a minute. The number one thing in terms of mental health in my family is OCD. It's obsessive compulsive disorder. My brother had it. My dad had it. My sister has it. Like it goes back and back and back generationally. It is something, it is diagnosed. It is something that so many of my families deal with. And I was like, oh my God, it's my upset. I'm, I'm obsessive. This was wildly powerful for me because something being an obsessive thought versus something being anxiety, one of those feels totally controllable to me. Because an obsessive thought is a pattern that needs to be interrupted. Anxiety feels like it could be the monster under my bed sometimes. It's this thing I've been dealing with for a long time. I got to unpack it. Childhood trauma. La, la, la. Anyone who's done the therapy sounds like you've done your therapy. You know what I'm talking about. But an obsessive thought, that's a pattern that needs to be broken. That is literally something that is broken up by me throwing in another thought as soon as I start to think it. It's interrupting the pattern and immediately focusing on something else. Y'all, I cannot explain to you what a game changer that realization has been in my life. I had a very particular obsessive thought, actually there's a few, that I would think and think and think and my anxiety would just go through the roof. And after I read this thing where I understood obsessive thoughts, now when those thoughts pop up, I'm like, oh, we're doing circular thinking. Nope. Let's go over here and focus on literally anything. Focus on my dog's face. Focus on going to get a cup of coffee. Focus on taking a walk. Focus on the email that I was writing. If I can just adjust my focus off the obsessive thought, I forget the obsessive thought. I swear. It's worth trying to see if when you start to have those patterns in your head that say, I'm not smart enough. No one wants to hear what I think. Oh, I bet he's checking out that girl. Oh, I'm probably not enough. That you just snap your fingers, clap your hand, do a physical movement. Any of you who ever came to a RISE conference, you'll know that we used to do something called same you, new mood. We'd clap our hands. Same you, new mood. We would do something physically with our body. It could be a clap, a snap, a jump, a anything to remind ourselves that in a single second, we could be the same person in a totally different mood, in a totally different attitude, in a totally different way of thinking. So that's the first thing I want you to think about. Maybe it's not anxiety. Maybe you have patterns of obsessive thoughts that you need to break up. That's one. Secondly, do you know about adaptogens? I mean, it's just going to be my advice for every single person who calls and talks about any kind of anxiety. If you don't know about adaptogens, please do your research. Talk to a nutritionist. Talk to a doctor. But here's what your girl Rach is going to tell you. Holy basil supplement. I take holy basil. I take it from Gaia. Yes, it is a basil leaf in a pill form. I take one every single night. That plant 
is the reason I can function like a normal human being. Maybe if I could live on an island or like live off the grid or farm, if I didn't have the job I have, I'm certain that I wouldn't need adaptogens. But I have a job that's very intense, that's high stress. My cortisol gets out of control. My adrenal glands have been fried and like I've slowly worked them back to normal. But I have a job that's intense and I'm someone who struggles with anxiety. So those two things don't go together well. Holy basil is one of the great, no, it's probably the greatest thing I've learned about in my adult life. I suggest it to everybody who has any kind of anxiety. I describe it as you still are aware of the thoughts that would give you anxiety, but you're outside of the thoughts instead of inside of them. I tell everyone, if you're going to try it, try it for at least a month. I take mine at night because it does like mellow you out. So I don't take it during the day because I don't feel like I'd be able to do my work effectively. But I take one at night. helps me sleep. I don't feel any effects during the day. And everyone I know that I've gotten on holy basil will be like, I'll be like, how's it going? And they'll say, oh, gosh, honestly, I haven't even thought about it. I've been taking it, but I haven't even thought about it. I'm like, well, how's your anxiety? They're like, oh, my God, I, I haven't been having anxiety. It's not like something that hits you over the head. It's super subtle. And how most people realize it's working is that they go through the whole bottle and they're like, this isn't doing anything. And they stop. And then they, within a couple days, it's out of their system and they're back to the level of anxiety they were before. And they're like, holy crap, I'll never stop this again. I'm like, I know. So try some holy basil. Try interrupting your intrusive thoughts. And this is one of those times where you've got to fake it till you make it. I don't love that recommendation for a lot of things, but when it comes to confidence, so you have to challenge yourself to do some exposure therapy. What that would look like for me is you're sitting in a group of people, the voice in the back of your head is telling you nobody wants to hear what you have to say, you tell the voice to shut it, and then you just say something. You add a thought to the conversation. I have to tell you though, I guarantee you're not hanging out with Mensa candidates. There's no way that you're sitting around with a bunch of rocket scientists. Humans in 2023, they're just normal people. They have insecurities just like you have insecurities. They're smart about things just like you're smart about things. They're dumb about things just like you're dumb about things. They're not better than you. Just speak. Just open your mouth and say something. And if you're not sure what you're supposed to add to the conversation, wait until there's a topic you know something about. Or go into the situation with a topic you want to talk about. I used to have to go to all of these work events with my ex. I'd have to, you know, schmooze and shake hands and do the whole thing and meet a dozen people and make conversation, which can be super awkward, but it was really expected as a partner of this person that that's what I would do at these events. And I am so good at this, you guys, literally like flawless at walking up and starting a conversation with a stranger. And it's because I got a handful of conversation topics in the back pocket that I can use at a moment's notice if the conversation stalls out, I'm going to give you two that are guaranteed, guaranteed to get you in or out of any conversation that you need to. And you need to understand one fundamental truth before I share them with you. People just want to talk about themselves. They just want to talk about themselves. If you want people to think that you are the best partner, they had so much fun with you. Oh my gosh, she was the best addition to the cocktail party. Just ask them questions about themselves. If you're too nervous to share your insight, just ask about them. So go into those situations with questions. You don't have to have stories. You don't have to recite the Declaration of Independence or explain Pythagorean theorem. Go in with questions, and here are two for all y'all that will never fail you. If it's this time of year, I go into cocktail parties and I say, do you guys have any fun plans for the holidays? There is always an answer, literally always, and especially because I'm at cocktail parties with people who tend to be married or tend to have kids, and so of course they've got holiday plans, but even you single tingles, 
I just made up the term single tingle. It's Friday. It's like 4.30. I literally, y'all, I don't even know where that came from. And I'm not going to have them edited out because maybe it's a new saying. You single tingles. Okay. Tingles. If you're single. (laughs) Even y'all have plans for the holidays. Everyone does. And when asked that question, they just start waxing poetic about whatever they're doing for the holidays. And you're like, well, Rach, what do I do after the holidays? You go, you guys got any fun plans for summer? I am telling you those two questions, it'll just carry you all night long. So if you're too scared to come with ideas, start with questions. But the more you expose yourself to the things that you're afraid of, the more comfortable you're going to get doing it. The last thing I want to talk about is insecurity around a partner. Insecurity around a partner. As your friend, I want to tell you that, and I think that you get this already. I think this is where your concern is coming from, that you will drive a partner away with the insecurity, even if they don't know that that's the energy that they're feeling. Because you make yourself so small and so insignificant in that fear that you create the exact thing that you don't want, which is, oh, well, why would anyone want to be with me? Right? Like, oh, I'll just, not only do I not know why you'd want to be with me, but I'll just make myself into the image of who I think you want me to be. Right? So many of us are guilty of that. Oh, he likes football, so I'll start liking football. She's into gaming, so now I'm going to be into gaming. Like I'll just keep augmenting and changing myself so that they will love me back. And then the relationship is totally jacked because it's based on you needing them to desire you, you needing them to want you. But how are they supposed to want you? You don't even know who you are. So when it comes to the insecurity, this is honestly not something that I am good at giving you advice on because I have no insecurity about someone being unfaithful. And that is speaking as a child who watched many important adults in my life be unfaithful to each other. Many. But I came into my first relationship and I just never had anxiety or fear around that because for me, I was like, well, I didn't know this person back when they were with other people, so I can't hold it against them that they were with other people. And now, if they don't want to be with me, that's on them. I'm freaking awesome. Now, I'm not for everybody. You're not everybody's cup of tea. You're not everybody's shot of whiskey. And that's a good thing. Because by the way, you don't want to convince somebody you're their cup of tea when you're actually a shot of whiskey. But I never had anxiety or fear around this with my first relationship. Even now, I don't bring that into my current relationship. I don't have any Yeah, I don't have any insecurity about that. When I first met him, I was a little trepidatious because he works in the music industry and he's around like the world's biggest, most beautiful pop star women on the planet. And so I was like, well, that's (laughs) wonder if any of them have stretch marks and a vagina that's been stretched out by children. Um, So when I first met him, I definitely was a little nervous about that. But once we were actually together, I just, yeah, I don't feel that. And not because I'm like, oh, I'm the greatest human alive. No one would ever cheat on me. That's not true. I feel like that because I love myself so much that I know I would be okay even if they did. And you said that in your voice memo, you're like, I just want to get to the place that I love myself. And I think for all of us, that's one of the most important decisions we'll ever make. 
as adults is like, God, I'm so sick of hating myself all the time. I'm so sick of these feelings, these thoughts, like, ugh. Because when you make that decision, you actually separate yourself from the thought. You start to see it as something other. You start to see it as, you know what, that's not who we are anymore. I heard someone say once that the first instinctual thought that you have about a situation is what you've been trained to think. The second thought you have about it is who you actually are. So you see a woman walking down the street and she's wearing an outfit. You're like, oh, okay, hoochie. Like, what are you wearing? And then you're like, wait, what? No, I don't want to. That's terrible. Like, I don't think that. She's allowed to wear whatever she wants. And maybe she feels good in that crop top and blah, 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 blah. The first thought is how you've been trained to respond. The second thought is who you actually are. So give yourself more credit for the thought that's like, wait, this isn't who we want to be anymore. There's a lot to unpack there, my friend. But what you most need to understand is that you have the power to change this. Every single thing that you're dealing with in your life that's hard is the result of thoughts you are thinking. And you can control your thoughts. Yes, you can. There are things that you can do to help yourself, like adaptogens. There are physical things you can do to help yourself, like meditation and prayer. But train yourself to control your thoughts so that when it matters, you can guide them away from a pattern that you do not want to inhabit anymore. Okay, guys, I hope you got something out of today's conversation that was helpful for you. And if you did, be sure and share it with a friend you think it would be helpful for too. I will be back soon with more information. Make sure you call the hotline if you got a question of your own. 737-400-4626. I'll be back soon. Until then, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.